What is good, everybody? Welcome back into Form Whipping in Ticket Hitting, episode five. Trainer Jesse Compton was nice enough to sit down with me this week. Good conversation with him, covered a lot of different things and aspects, both on the backside and just Nebraska racing in general. Went a little different route this week. We basically discussed the whole Saturday card. Keith liked the early pick five. Andrew liked the late pick four. So we gave both of those to you guys. And if you're ready, let's grab them forms, saddle on up, and let's cash them tickets. Glad today to be joined by trainer here, Jesse Compton. Jesse, how are you today? I'm doing good. Good, good. Glad to get you on. I know uh, Grady, I got to give him a shout out quick. He's been kind of my main man on getting you guys lined up and appreciate once he texts you, you didn't argue or fight. You said, let's do her. So I appreciate that. Uh, Grady's a good kid doing his best he can do. I like supporting young people and I'm cheer for him to do good. Good start to the season for you. I believe five starters, two of them being winners. Yeah, I'm doing tough in the breed races anyway. A judge run good, and I had a maiden filly win a non-two last week that I've got some hope for her, Sing Charmer Sing. And so, yeah, we're off to a good start. Usually I'm not super good at half-mile races, and I'm not very good at February, but lo and behold, the weather's been good this year, and our horses are a little more ready than they normally are. Yeah, speaking of Sing Charmer Sing, kind of cool story with that. I believe that one is bred and owned by the Mosier family. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Bob Moser Sr. Uh, from over North Bend, great guy. He's been supporting the business for over 50 years, uh, 85 years old. Raised that horse in his backyard there, raised the mom. I mean, it's a family horse, and he sent it to me uh, to break. And last year, she shinbuck had some problems. And unfortunately, our season's so short that something goes wrong early in the year. There's not enough time to heal them up. And she's got some ability. I look forward to her, what she's going to grow into. She didn't really break well, and come up and run up on him and you know i was really impressed with how she did so you know and i had a good laugh too i saw you i don't think you posted it on your facebook but you were tagged in it and somebody said something about yeah 80 year old grandpa happy and i think your comment was he didn't act 80 when she was coming down the stretch oh no they were excited you know that you never know when you're gonna get your last picture you everybody wants their next picture and and last year was really disappointing for them and and for myself as well because i had hoped she'd compete in the three-year-old philly breed stakes and just didn't work out for us and and so i was really happy to see her you know show some promise in her first out this year and kind of redeem last year you bet no and then uh back to judge i mean talk about a nebraska bred philly specialist what was she was she three of three or four for four last year on philly straight bread i have four for four and i've been around here a long time and I know Nebraska Reds ain't what they used to be but I don't remember a mayor winning all four of them and I um, mean she's just a great horse I, I can't take much credit for the things that she does because she just does it I'll still give you credit you still get I mean somebody's still got to feed her and give her hay so I mean you gotta have a little credit right uh, I like to take credit for getting on her because she's a little crazy when uh, we first got her she's anybody that gets on her in the morning knows she's pretty scared of everything I've tried a lot to teach her to come from off the pace because it seems like she focuses way better when she's got horses to run at. So in the mornings, I'll wait for horses to gallop by her or try to get her up next to something. And for some reason, she sees something over there in that far turn. And every time in the morning and in the afternoon, and if you can get her behind horses until that point, she focuses way better. Um, one of the first races that Shelby had claimed her, 
we were in allowance race and she was only speeding the race and she opened up six or eight on them and kind of got unfocused coming down the lane and almost got caught. And she, she went a nose that day. And ever since then, she's win by daylight. I'm just thankful to Chad and, and, and Kay because they're great owners. I've known Chad my whole life. His dad used to be a jock agent. He had a jockey's road for my dad. I mean, they go back to Park Jefferson. So to see them guys do that kind of good with a horse like that is uh, very rewarding for me. No, definitely. That's it. That's she's one cool one. That's actually I got here and you uh, let me walk down Shedro and she's she's a cool cucumber and she's been she's been fun to watch. Uh, anybody else in the Shedro you're excited about this week? I know you got five in for Friday. I believe we said four, 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 four in, four in yeah. for Friday. Anybody else? I mean that. I mean obviously you're going to be excited for all of them, but anybody else sticking out that ain't ran for a while or been working good? You're just ready to get out there. Well, I got one of my dads. Um, dad's got one horse, Fayette Warrior, and I'm looking forward to running him. I think there's a race for him on Sunday. He's been working good. He won a couple stake races. Interesting story. My family comes from Fort Pier. My Uncle Perry, obviously, big jockey around here. My dad, you know, he won a 1,000 races. And they all got their start running outside the back door of the house and going down to Fort Pier to race. And so my grandma, who was the original trainer of the bunch, is uh, 86 years old. She was in the rest home. And the whole reason to go up to Fort Pier was to race to get her a win picture again. And we got lucky enough to win the Fort Pier mile or whatever it was called. And it was kind of a cool thing because we got her out there in the wheelchair and Perry and Dad and all of us got a win picture. My brother was there. He had won the Independence Day stakes, which is also the Labor Day handicap it used to be. And I'm from Columbus or from Shelby, and that's the best race we got. And I try hard to win that race every year. And so, you know, it's been good. Um, we've got a little allowance race we're going to try to stick him in. And hopefully, you know, depending on who comes, he'll should be tough. I think that this other maiden filly I got, PR girlfriend, should have a good chance on Friday. And, and the, the other horses, you know, you just hope after laying them up and claiming them that they kind of return to last year's form. And if they do, we should have a good season. As far as how the horses run, you know, it's kind of secondary because they're all my friends. If I had to pick out favorites, it's really hard. King of anything I've had for four or five years, Max Mater, who's had horses with me forever, local Grand Island guy, just a great guy, always been a good supporter. Uh, ZY, she's been around for four or five years, so I really like her. But they're just cheap $2,500 horses. But to me, I like them old hard-knocking horses because I try to claim horses every year, conditioned horses, and it seems like they're never even as fast as the old ones. And it's cool to lay them up and watch them come back every year, you know. So they've been around a while, and I sure look forward to watching them. No, that's exactly right. And I kind of reiterate that, too, just, I mean – it don't matter to you if it's a $2,500 claimer or you got a $30,000 stakes. You're going to treat every horse the exact same because, like I said, you're buds with all of them. They give you everything that you ask for. You give them everything they ask for. It's It It don't matter their price tag. They're, they're your babies. They're your friends. You're, you're going to do everything you can. Yeah, our, uh, our whole life is built around their schedule. I mean, it's seven days a week all year long. Um, I gallop them. My wife, Shelby, she... Works all day in the barn. As long as she tacks them, I get on them. And I got another guy, Brett Buckingham, works for me. Got some ownership stake in some horses now for the first time. And and we go all year round. Um, We got a farm out by Columbus. And we'll ship down to Tulsa. And we'll ship to Prairie Meadows or ship in where the horses fit. But our main goal is to to win locally for the owners and, and try to get what we can. And, you know, when they win condition races here, that kind of blows opportunities for them out of state. It's more fun to see them win locally. And, and when the year's over and they can't really go anywhere else, then we just take them home and lay them up for next year. And it's, it's really cool to see them come back year after year. 
you uh, around Columbus there. That's your main next go to. You said Tulsa Prairie Meadows. Did you used to race at Beulah too? Correct. Uh, yeah, way back when I had a lot of support uh, after Columbus to take horses back east. And when I was early in my training career, if there was anybody that wanted me to run a horse anywhere in the country, I'd jump it on a trailer and go. Uh, back then, I had Zach Mater and Art Wetzel and uh, Alan Usher here from town and. They would buy horses that needed to go back east, and and we did a lot of good. The main problem for me back then is uh, Ohio was supposed to get casino racing there at Beulah, and it was a good place to go in the wintertime, and it was cheaper. So the races, the horses that fit around here could go out there and compete. The problem was when the casinos got built, they tore it down and moved it to north to Mahoney, and that's kind of a different situation. As that was going on, my dad was getting older, and my brother and sister also are in this game. Frank works the gate in the hot springs, and my sister is working for Brian Lynch down there in uh, Florida. Anyway, my dad was getting older, and the farm, you know, he was getting close to a 1,000 wins, and I really wanted to come back and get on the HBPA board, and I hope to help get the casinos through and also help my dad win a 1,000 races. Lo and behold, those goals all happened, and in the meantime, I fell in love with Nebraska again. Um, there's nothing like the small town, you know, atmosphere. There's nothing like gravel roads. Those are all things I grew up with. And when you're in the middle of Columbus, Ohio, or you're in Cleveland, or even in Lexington, it's beautiful and all. But the drive and the traffic and the, the, all the people just kind of got to me. And I uh, come home, get married, hope to start a family. And I want my children to be raised the way I was around here. And there's just nothing like Nebraska for me anyway. I a hundred percent agree. And like you said, when we were walking the shed row, you just love it here. You love supporting the locals. I mean, you buy all your hay local, your, your uh, shavings guys local. I mean, just that. And that's what it's all about it. We all know it's Nebraska nice. We take care of each other and completely agree with you. I got a little man and I wouldn't want to raise him any other place, especially with uh, the way the world's going now, but that's a different discussion for a different time. And around here, like I give a lot of credit to my coaches and teachers growing up little Shelby. I mean, we're C2 school there. I was able to play football track, everything. You can compete in every sport. You, you learn a lot about work ethic and, and all that. And I love my little town and, you know, growing up, we didn't have a farm. And as we won race, and, and accumulated money. I helped dad. We built a barn. We got 25 stalls. We got a track out there. We got a starting gate, the whole nine yards. And it was really sad to me to see the weeds growing over it. And not a use for it because we put so much into building it. I mean, it was everything we had. To go year round is nice, but my favorite thing to do is to race and then lay the, lay the old horses up get yourself some new stock out of Keeneland or breeders around here breed and spend your winter time watching football and breaking horses. When we're younger, we're like, hey, dream big. We're going to go do this, do that. But it, it seems 99% of the people, you're going to end up back home. It's, it's just home. It's special. It's always going to be. You can't beat it. And I guess I didn't really start into it like I usually do. Obviously, that's how you got into racing. Full family's been a part of it for generations, correct? Yep. Uh, my grandma Mary started it all. She took out a trainer's license in the 70s in Fort Pier, raced primarily in South Dakota, Fort Pier, Park Jefferson. Uh, my uncle Perry, obviously everybody knows him, great jockey. I mean, 3,500-plus wins, Nebraska Red Hall of Fame. He's actually retired now. Racing, you know, kind of tore up his body over the years, and he's living up in South Dakota there. And then my dad uh, had me, my brother, and my sister, and my mom. We just grew up a little family operation, and as old as I can remember, uh, I've been riding a saddle horse or galloping or helping dad haul sawdust or hay, and it just kind of seemed 
natural to me uh, to, to go in to this business. I do got an agree, a degree from the University of Nebraska in economics. Dad wouldn't really let me take out my trainer's license and, and go full-time into it because I had a scholarship down there. And so I went down there and I spent about six months working in financial services and I bought some horses and it just didn't seem near as fun to me to watch them at simulcast if I couldn't be high, hands-on. Even at 40 years old, my favorite thing to do is to get on them in the morning. I remember the first time I got to go out on the racetrack. I mean, my heroes were R.D. Williams and Perry and and being able to just get out there and gallop, it's like being on the football field. Like, there's nothing like being able to go out there and just be in the middle of it. My first actual job in racing, other than working for my dad or galloping for Robin Keller or some of the local guys in our barn, was um, Hugh gave me a job to be a valet here. And so I worked in the jocks room and I also worked on the starting gate for eight or 10 years. And that's how I paid for college and all that. And eventually I saved up enough money to take 20,000 to Keeneland and buy some babies and start my own little barn. And it was always a little Nick in the middle of dad's barn. And I always got to help dad. And still to this day, one of my best things I can do is watch my dad win races because it seemed like if we won, everything took care of itself. And as long as the horses were taken care of, we were taken care of. So I still live by that and I get a lot out of it. I've there's a lot of days, you know, where Monday or Tuesday after a bad weekend, it's not good. And I think, man, if I wouldn't have, you know, been a trainer, I could do this and that and this and that. But at the end of the day, this is the most rewarding thing for me to do. And my wife, she grew up into it too. And uh, even Brett that works for me, he was back at Exarbon in the 80s. So all of us are here because we love it, not necessarily for the money. And I feel like the sport is getting handed down to us younger guys like Grady or I don't think I'm young anymore. I'm 40, but I mean, we're the next generation. We all grew up in it from him riding around a tractor with his dad to doing walkers. The same thing for me. It's just our turn and, and hopefully we can take care of it and grow the sport, you know, like it was handed down to us. I'll still consider you young. I, I mean, I'm 32, but I'd say 40 still young just because I get closer to 40. I don't want to tell myself I'm getting too old, you know, but no. And, and same thing, just like you said, yeah, we you could be doing this or that, but it, it's just that passion brings it back. I always joke because we raise show cattle, and I always joke, gosh, we just sell the cows and buy a boat or something, but we'd be bored with ourselves. It's, you know what I mean? Uh, there's nothing like winning your paycheck. And, you know, a trainer and your group of owners and your little team over here, it's kind of like your own little sports franchise. And it gives you something to look forward to every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that the unknown of what's going to happen and the chance that you're going to win, you know, and the competitive part of it is something you don't get in a nine to five job or sales job or, or even if your hobby's fishing or hunting or whatever it is, nothing against those, but this is this is the the only way. You never see people get near as excited as they do for winning a race or cashing a ticket. It's a one-time thing, you know, and you just love to see the joy on people's faces. I train for people that work nine to five jobs, hourly wage, and they set their disposable income aside to put it on the horses. And then let's face it in Nebraska, owning horses is a break even or a, you know, slightly profitable deal if things go well. Now, hopefully that's going to change in the future, but to know people show up 40 to 60 hours a week, just so they can come out here in the weekends to have a beer, bet a couple of dollars on their horse and get their picture taken. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Like you said, it's a break even ish or a little better deal at best, but even if it's not, it's, there's just something about it out here. It's, it's a passion of watching them things run down the stretch. It's you can't beat it. Well, not at all. And and hearing the fans cheer and the the whole atmosphere of Nebraska racing is really a lot different than what you'll see in other states. We have attendance that's 
through the roof. And, and people are agriculture people around Nebraska. They know horses. They know people. They know the, the kind of people that, that know what they're doing. And they really appreciate the work ethic and the hours it takes to uh, get the horses to perform well. That's exactly right. They they know what it takes because, yeah, they're out in the field all day or they know the work that goes into it. They come out and appreciate it, and they show that support. Attendance has been – I mean, the weather's been great, but the crowds have been incredible out here. Well, and it's – I'm out there on the saddle horse. Usually I'm not the best at being in the crowd. I'm not a crowd guy, but I appreciate all the fans. And when one of my horses is coming around, it's awesome to hear the fans, you know, cheer. And you know that it's a thrill for everybody that's there, no matter who you bet on, win or lose, you know, or if you're just out there to watch. And even when, like last year when we had Camel and Ostrich Day, it was – really crazy my hat's off to to chris and the guys upstairs for getting the people out here and the, the city of grand island and the surrounding areas for supporting it because you know whether it's husker football or basketball or volleyball or whatever we attend things in this state and that's one of the great things about it we got whatever million and a half or a couple couple million people but they show up and they want something to do I guess if I could talk about anything, you know, not only supporting the races through your gambling, but if you could support uh, Thoroughbred Retirement is a, is a big thing. There's all kinds of things you could find on the Internet, the Heart Foundation or, or anything like that. That's Iowa's program. We don't have a program here in Nebraska, but it's one of the things I hope to get started. Once we get more days and more money, you know, hopefully the casino racing takes off. And anybody that could support the Thoroughbreds afterwards is great. I love horses. It's why I do this. And I would like to see them all get as honored in their aftercare programs as much as they people cheer them on at the races. No, 100%. That, that's one thing a lot of people don't think of is the aftercare deal. And, shoot, there's a lot of them old horses that had run good, and they retire 8, 9, 10. Heck, they go on to be hunter jumpers. They go on to be pleasure horses. I mean, they got a long life ahead of them. And, no, I, I agree. That, that would be cool to see a Nebraska program pop up, and hopefully a guy can get the ball rolling on that once this casino money starts rolling in. And whether they won 30 career starts or they never won a race, they're still a beautiful animal. They deserve the love and respect and live out their days just being a horse. Yeah, and I'd also encourage listeners that if you are looking for uh, for horses, thoroughbreds kind of get a bad name sometimes, but I've yet to see a thoroughbred that can't do something right. I mean, they they do well and excel at jumping. They excel at barrels. They they excel at just trail horses, and, and any horse can be trained to do anything if you get the right environment for it. So if, if there's people looking for horses, don't ever hesitate to come to the track and take off and come look at what people have to offer. I know that I've had horses make the Thoroughbred Makeover program. Um, I've had horses sell for good money, you know, that we've sold off the track, and, and we try as hard as we can not to tear them up or, or ruin their minds so that way – they get a second career because sometimes the horse racing part of a horse's life is a lot like your athletic career in sports. It's a four or five year window and there's going to be a time where they lose a step or, or the younger ones are faster than them, but they got a lot of life left to give. And so don't discount the ability of thoroughbreds to do anything. That's exactly right. And I, I've never thought of it that way, but you're a hundred percent. You got your high school career, maybe a few more years in college. I mean, yeah, you got your four to six years and Heck, you got a lot of life left to do other things, and no different than the horses. So that, that's a dang good point. But appreciate you getting on here. I know you're busy, and glad you invited me down to the shed row, and wish you the best of the luck this weekend, the rest of the meet, and onwards and forwards, my friend. All right, well, thank you very much. It's been fun being on. Appreciate you. Welcome back in. We are going to talk about Saturday's card, March 5th here at Fawner. 
Got to do it a little different this week. It's a tricky card, really, through and through. I mean, you can make stands, or you can go as deep as you want in any race. So we're going to kind of break it down. Keith's going to attack this early five. He thinks he found a few horses in there to either single or get a big price on. Keith, we start the Saturday card where you got maiden claimers for 10000 going six furlongs. What would you find in here? I'm deep here, man. This is going to be a tough one. This first race, I don't, not a huge fan of, but I went five deep. I'm going to start it off with the one, Gabby Tom. There's just not a lot of speed in this race, and I think the one has a good chance to take it early. Uh, he ran a good good first-time race his last time. Uh, McNeil last weekend was try- starting to figure things out. Yeah, he had a couple wins on Sunday, I think. So, Jock and the trainer do well together. So, I'm going to go with that one horse on my top spot. And then I'm going to go with the six, Born to Race. It's a solid race last time. The five wide didn't help him coming home. Uh, Martinez on board should have him in a better spot to attack. So, I like him there, too. Here, This is kind of where it gets... You can pick a few others to try to get a price. I went with the seven, Downtown Brown. Last time out going four, I expected him to go to the lead, but he never did. So it was kind of surprising. So it was a four for long race. But Ramos Mitchell, again, I think he might try it here if he does. We'll see what happens. If he shows any flashes of the buyers he had last year, he's it'll be kind of tough to beat. So I like kind of like that seven horse. Might get a little price on that one. Then I went with the eight, Carioca. Just didn't have enough to attack in the stretch last time out. They're changing jockeys. Dakota gets on board. A similar effort should have him fighting. And then I just threw in the five. I went with the one, five, six, seven, eight in the first. Andrew, you got any different opinions in there? You kind of following Keith's lead or how you sitting there? My boy is back in town and Keith is just going to throw him in. Jerry Gorno. I know he has maybe one or two in on Friday, but this is, he's got one here in the first, the five spicy wit. As Derek knows, I love Jerry Gorno. He, Takes his stock up to Assiniboia for the summer, and that's my favorite track to play during the summer. This horse ran that one race at Sam Houston. Got out to a decent start, just kind of flattened out in the stretch, but that was probably versus a little bit tougher. Stretches out six, which I think he will enjoy. So, yeah, be careful. Watch out for the five spicy wit. I'm with you. I went with Gabby Tom as my top choice, just purely off of speed figures. I followed that quickly with the five. Gorno comes in. Jake's hopping on that one for a reason, in my opinion. And then I also had the six, Born to Race. Same reason as Keith. Just got hung out wide, good figures. And, I mean, what else is there to say about Armando besides he's on fire? Race two. We are a Philly allowance, beginner allowance, going for $8,800, going six furlongs. Keith, what are you seeing here? I went four deep. Another race that's not very easy. I'm going to go with the three horse. I think he's like eight to one morning line, maybe. Yeah, eight to one. He's two for 11 last year. Uh, he has shown the ability to go to the front, and he shows he can come from behind as well. He's coming off a six-month layoff, but I like the workouts. Jake Lisiak and Wise are pretty good together. I think they won like 36% of the time. So I'm going to go with that three in the first spot. Then I'm going to go with the seven, Amarina Star. He entered a four for long last week, and he went to the front and won that one. Not exactly her style, but she did it anyway to get the win. Uh, she goes back to a race I think she likes more. Hibden's been an absolute fire lately, so and it doesn't hurt having Armando on board. So I'm going to throw that seven in there, too. We got the two horse, high cost of living. He just missed an allowance race last couple weeks ago. Dakota's going to stay on board for that one. Should be close at the end. Then I'm going to throw in the six, Long Monday. 
This horse has seen a lot better. His turf tries were better, but he still shows the ability on the dirt. Has good workouts. Condon's 23% winner on the first train and 31% on the layoff, so it wouldn't surprise me there. So I'm going to go with the 2 three, six, seven. I have the exact same four horses. I watched a few replays, too, and I was capping. The 7 is a big-looking horse on that replay, so I think the stretch out favors that one as well there. On the 2, I played that horse, or I have that horse in here. Watching the replay, it says willingly in the comments on your past performances, but watch that replay if you get a chance. He just kind of barely holds on for a second, in my opinion, in there at four. Stretching out to six, I think that one's a vulnerable five to two, potentially. I might be completely wrong. That's just from watching the replay. But otherwise, I agree. I got two, three, six, and seven. Andrew, anybody else? No, I don't like anyone else. I'm going to go ahead and put this six horse in the winner's circle for you because I don't like this horse at all. Horse just looking, obviously, is a turf horse. Two for five on the turf. Uh, ran on the dirt five times. Has not hit the board. Has been running against tougher, but just doesn't really lift lift a foot running on the dirt. So I think you're wasting money using the six, but she'll go ahead and win and make me look like a fool. I like the three and the seven in this race like you guys. So, And on that three, two, eight to one morning line, Jason Wise, 20% from a yes, been off five months, but I do like that eight to one. That we're getting on the morning line. Look at that horse's fawner. Four times, two winners, two thirds. The horse loves fawner. Race number three, we got Philly Maiden Claimers for 10,000, six furlongs. Keith. Uh, I went too deep here. I'm only going two horses. Going with the six, Cooperture. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Uh, he's dropping from special weights down to the claims. Has shown some early speed. Um, the field in this one does not show a lot of that. So I like that six to potentially gate to wire him. And then I also picked the five horse, Malibu Rose. He's also dropping. He started slow last time, but he seems to be the best conditioned in the race. He had some races at Delta over the winter. So I'm going to go too deep. Five and the six. Andrew, any uh, arguments here? I don't have any arguments. I'm just going to throw in something here on the three horse, Great Mills Road. Uh, we got a first time starter. I couldn't find any stats on Milt Gady with first time starters. I don't know if you have anything. On the Briss here, I just have him with one career, 0%. So, I mean, I don't know. He might have been in the money, but he didn't have a winner in that one. I like how we have four works here showing on, on the form. One for the last four weeks. Nothing blazing out there, but he's getting this horse in shape, ready to go. And out of Midnight Loot, who was back-to-back uh, -back Breeders' Cup Sprint winner, I want to say 07-08. So we know that the, the bloodlines are there. I wish Giddy had more first-time starter stats. Obviously doesn't. Put Dakota Wood gets up, who <laughs> was on fire last week as well. So yeah, just be careful of the three-horse Great Mills Road first time out. Another one I... Actually looked at replays for once, which kind of made me feel a little better. I don't know. You ever watch enough replays, you two? I watch replays. I don't know if you could ever watch enough replays. Exactly. I, I don't I, watch them enough. I need to do better because I jumped in on this four here. I was curious why four to one morning line runs seventh by five lengths. Off slow, five to six wide in the upper in the comments. Pulled up. Off slow is being generous. Hung out super wide the whole way around. Armando, honestly, to me, watching him didn't ask this horse for much. And being that wide come up real nicely yes ran seventh but only by five lengths that one gets a better break and second career start could be an all right one to throw in there let's jump into the fourth leg we got state bread optional claimer for 7500 non-winners of three lifetime or furlongs keith where are you at in the fourth leg i hated this race i'm just gonna be honest with you it's probably the hardest one i had 
troubles with handicapping the cards. I went four deep in this one. I went with the old man, Super Charlie. I think he's 11 years old. But he's had a lot of success here. Four for 11 at the four for long distance. He can give speed if he needs to, which he's going to need to here. So I'm going to go with the two, Super Charlie. Then I went with the six, report to duty. So far, he's two for three at Fawner. He's got, there's plenty of speed in the race, so he does have a chance to kind of sit off the lead and attack if he needs to. Threw in the one, bumpy game. Four for six at the distance. Has shown some speed last year. Uh, you could potentially get a good price on that one, so I'm going to throw him in. And the seven, Creed's Revenge. I like the consistency of the buyers. He has been in the money eight out of the 12 times at Fonner Park, so he likes the oval. So those are the four. Going one, two, six, and seven. You didn't like this race, Keith. When I go through, I type out my notes, I put the race, horse number, horse name, and then I leave one, two sentences of comments just so I don't have to rethink about it in here in race four i have two horses and zero comments that's how much i don't like it so i really have no other opinion i'm gonna ride this with you andrew you got anything here i'm not touching this race on saturday it's rare for me to go out to fauna and not at least put five dollars down on a race i am not touching this race on saturday i have nothing to add and to get paid lake five race five we got phillies $5,000 claimers and non-winners of two lifetime starts going for Mr. Fantastic Picks. How are we getting paid? This is the single race. I didn't really like this race much either, but I do like this horse a little bit, so he's going to be my single play. I'm going to go with the nine in the misty moonlight. Didn't really like anybody else in this race a whole lot, but then I kind of looked at this nine, and that's kind of who I'm going to roll with. I mean, he ran some good races last year at Fawner. The four that he did run in, he did show some speed, which is something I liked. The workouts look good leading up to it. He's got a couple bullets. Backler gets on board. I think if this horse gets out of the gate, he might be able to get to the end on top. So I'm going to go with the nine horse. Keith goes with the nine horse as a single here at the end of the pick five. Any other horses you looked at, Andrew? Talk about quick before we give out Keith's final early pick five ticket. Totally love people just taking a shot on a horse that they like. So I can't fault you for doing that on the nine. I just question why Scott is riding the five and not his dad's horse, the nine. I think that'd be like the first one he hasn't ridden all season. I don't like the five either. The five is the morning line favorite, but I, I don't like the horse. I just, just something to throw out there. I did kind of like the six horse a little bit. Um, Coda Wood, David Anderson. The horse hasn't ran yet this year, but not bad efforts at Prairie Meadows. Ran at Fodder once last year. I think kind of like didn't get out of the gate very fast. Trouble trip. Good buyer numbers. Just could be a horse to look at. I didn't really like the race, though. I also looked at the six. Dave is 37% first off the claim. Has been off for six months. I'm with you. Let's roll with Keith. Keith, just for the fans, let's run through your early pick five. Yep, race one, we're going one, four, six, seven, and eight. Race two, we're going to do the two, three, six, and seven. Race three, we got the five and the six. Race four, we got the one, two, six, and seven. And race five will be the nine. $80 ticket. Pick five. Pretty good little $80 ticket to try there. Singling in the last. Got a single somewhere the way that we play this. So we're not technically going to give you our Dinsdale pick five ticket because, hey, we give you our ticket, you copy it. No one's winning the jackpot. What's the fun in that? But because we're nice, we're still going to discuss... The opening leg, race six. Claimers, $5,000, going six furlongs. Andrew, who do you see in here? Well, so opening weekend, I loved Jomo. Um, Jomo went off at nine to one, rode the rail after the two kind of bore out and took a couple horses with him, and we had a good payday opening weekend. So I like Jomo. 
But here's something that I want to point out. Um, Dakota Wood rode Jomo opening weekend, of course got the win. Now he shows up for Jerry Gordo on the one horse, flat out love, who's been running against better at Delta. I think he'll probably be sitting, you know, six, seven lengths off the front here. We are going six furlongs. You know the horse is in shape and ready to go. I think there could be a little bit of a speed duel with the five and the seven. And I think Dakota could maybe get that rail ride he got on Jomo opening weekend and win with flat out love here in the six. Just one thing I wanted to point out. Anybody else in here of note? I like the seven just for the, just him barely missing last time out. And then, you know, Hibden and Martinez together. I think they might have a good chance to win this one. Then I had a long shot pick. I don't know. I like him, but then I don't. I mean, kind of like the nine horse soul ready. Some added distance and he's dropping in class. If the odds are high enough, I'll probably put in a little bit just because I like him. Hey, Keith making stands all over on prices. I like it. Keith, I love that you're taking a stand. I I don't have the number, but I can't imagine the number claiming off of Robertino Diodoro is anything too high. Diodoro wins at an ungodly clip, and we could get into that, but we better not right now. And I just, I'm not going to take a horse coming off of Diodoro. Yeah, we're not quite to barstool talking status. It might come to that at one point, then we can dive into that stuff and set Twitter ablaze, but we'll see how this keeps going. Let's jump into race seven. Andrew has a ticket made up here for the late pick four, which he had one of them hashed out opening day for us. That paid awfully well. We start off with Philly Clamers going four furlongs for $2,500. Andrew, you got in the seventh. So let's start with the two here. I got some questions about the two. Uh, Gonzalez, Kevin Roman, one of the top combos at Fodder, of course. Opening weekend, one going four for along the same distance and allowance. Now she shows back up with a claiming tag of 2,500. Now, that's a big question mark to me. But if she's good, she's going to be the controlling speed and she can easily just take this field all the way around. So I'm going to include her with a little hesitation. I also like the six, Isabel's Joy, uh, coming from Oaklawn. Last year ran at Sam Houston, Keelan, Churchill against Better. Doesn't show a whole lot of speed. I mean, maybe a length two back in those races going five or six furlongs. I think she can be close to the two. And like I said, if the two for some reason isn't good on Saturday, the six could get there. One horse at odds that I do like is the five horse Untethered Soul. Mark Hibden, who we talked about last week, and he just continued to roll. He's on absolute fire. This horse has been running at Delta. Was running against Open Company there. Now gets in for non-winners of two this year. Jake sees fit to get on. So I think the five at a decent price could also make some noise. So yeah, two, five, and six here in the opening leg of the late pick four. Keith, you got any others to talk about here? When you maybe just one for a price, you know, not not necessarily. I don't think he's going to win, but if you're an exact or a trifecta player, took a look at the 10 a little bit, Millie Star. Had a bad raise last time, yeah, but she has shown speed in the past. I do like the move of putting Ramos on board and this recent speed she's shown. So give me that 10 and then the exact is and tries. Leg two here, race eight. We have a optional claimer for 7,500 going six furlongs. Andrew. A little tricky of a race in my eyes. I'm going to go ahead and go three deep. We'll start with the two-ho worker for the Martinez combo. Off since October. Was running in Ohio at Belterra and Mahoney Valley. Martinez claimed it out of its last at Mahoney. Uh, Kelly 16% with first off the claim. 27% with horses off of this break. Uh, Martinez combo went at 31% at Fodder Park. I just, I mean, those numbers speak for themselves. I can't hardly leave them off of one of your tickets if they show up in a race. 
the eight horse yank crime i think will be obvious favorite in this race uh gonzalez kevin roman again i uh, was running at delta the one thing i don't like is they claimed it off of broberg just another one of those trainers i don't like to see people claim off of but gonzalez is a good trainer in his own right like we've been discussing so i think he'll be okay i've been running it's better at delta i think we'll sit just off the pace won plenty of races off the pace in the past and then one horse a little bit of odds that i will throw in there is the nine know your options stetson mitchell and brian mcneil keith touched on earlier mcneil rode a lot better last weekend won a couple races hit the board quite a bit this horse was wintered down in oklahoma at remington park ran against better the results weren't great but we know the horse is in shape showed up at an optional claimer at fodder opening weekend ran against the horse that i I'm really going to like in the last race here on Saturday. And so I think know your options could also come off the pace and make some noise. So we will be two, eight and nine here in leg two, two, eight and nine for Andrew Keith. I don't have any arguments. Do you have any, sir, you'd like to point out? I got a couple that I kind of liked, but a couple of horses that have had some good fawner success. I kind of like the one horse, my boy lollipop. I would say he's more of a turf horse than anything else, but he does have some good runs on the dirt. And he, like I said, he likes fawner and he should be coming pretty late. So I like that one horse. And then the six horse as well. I mean, five for 10 at fawner park ran in some tougher races last year. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him somewhere up there. One of the six. I also looked at the six scooters. Boy loves fawner park. Got to start there this year. As be my other one to look at there in race eight. Let's go to leg three, race nine. The stakes for the weekend. The Philly stakes going four furlongs. The Bulldog sent for $15,000. Andrew, who you got in here, bud? Yeah, I'm all about one horse in this race. I mean, it is a tough field. But I'm going to be singled to the one first alternate. First alternate um, in 2021 ran in six races. Won five of them, all five being stakes races, three for three at Fawner. Won the Bold Accent last year as well. Last year won at four furlongs, six furlongs, six and a half furlongs, a mile and a 16. Uh, it was just a do-it-all horse. And Bold Accent last year was the one time that first alternate ran off the pace, really, if you look at it. Close going four furlongs, and I see that exact same setup this year. If you look at the PPs, you'll see that the three horse, such great heights, wants to be on the front end. That's when she does her best running. The five, Unplugged Jim, does his best running on the front end. Honey from the South, the six horse, is just a straight speedball, does his best running on the front end. Stunting, another one that's going to do its best running on the front end. Track Smart, I don't think, is going to be fast enough to keep with those other four i mentioned but also does its best running on the front end so i see a speed duel up front first alternate is going to sit off the pace those horses are going to tire first alternate is going to win bold accent just like she did last year in the same fashion so i'll be singling first alternate here in leg three i see it happening the exact same exact same way not only closing she's in the one hole as long as she don't get pinched what does her comment say in the bold accent last year rail bid driving it's going to be a repeat comments as it was in 2021, in my opinion. Keith, do you have anybody else in here? No, just the one. I think she's a monster. I think she's going to destroy them all. So give me that one horse. I agree. Last year's winner, speed figures, three for three of Fawner. Hard to argue that one. Going to be tough. Last leg, leg four, race 10. We have an optional claimer for 7,500 going six. Andrew, how are we getting paid? Yeah, so I will close out uh, being three deep. And the top pick will be the eight, one son of a chief. It's the horse that I mentioned earlier. Know your options, lost to opening weekend. Jason Wise, 
damn good trainer, Jake Elysiak. Uh, this horse made it look easy on opening weekend. Going six furlongs in that optional claiming race. I think he'll sit off the pace and could be the horse to, to make us some money. There might be a lone speed in this race. That's the 10 Fearless Will, Martinez combo. The only negative is we're breaking from the 10 hole. Can Martinez clear the field, get over without expending too much energy? If so, I think Fearless Will could wire the group. So let's get the 10 Fearless Will on the ticket. Then my boy, who almost made me look like a genius last week, the three horse preacher. I was on this horse at 20 to 1 morning line. Did get back down to 10 to 1, going four furlongs. Broke a little slow. Ramos had him flying, almost got up, did not get up. He gets up in time. We would have been uh, been rich last weekend, but unfortunately lost by just a half of a length. But I will use Preacher here as well to sit off the pace and uh, maybe close like he did. We are going six furlongs today instead of four, but he does show a win at six furlongs on the form at Arapahoe. So he can handle the distance. So we'll be three, eight, and 10 to close it out. Keith, anybody else here to get paid? Three eight tens who I like. I will say one more horse because I could see it happening. Maybe the seven acoustical likes the, probably the mild distance a little bit more. Six furlong shouldn't be too much of a problem. He likes to be kind of towards the front, maybe not in the lead, but maybe just a couple lengths off. Trainer's 27% winner off the layoff. I could see the seven. I also looked at the seven a little bit, and that I agree the running style fits. Obviously wants to go longer just looking at what they ran at. And the running style fits, but then you go over to the distance and ran five times, only one winner at the distance. So that, that'd that be the only reason I left that one off my ticket because, as Keith pointed out, it's going to be up towards the front the way that running style is. But even at the shorter distance, just hasn't proven to get it done enough for me to add. So I'm going to cut that one to keep just a little cheaper. Keith will probably make us look stupid and get that one home. And, hey, that's part of the fun. Andrew, replay that uh, ticket for our listeners, would you, sir? Yeah, so we're going a uh, two five six with two eight nine, with one with three eight ten. It's a chalky ticket, so um, we're playing it. It's only thirteen dollars and fifty cents, though. Punch it a couple times, as many times as you want. Cheap enough ticket. Let's get it home. Let's get it home is right. So we did a little longer this week. It, it, we want your opinion on stuff, and I've done a terrible job at this. So get on over to Twitter. We are at form whipping. TH. Give us a follow on there. Slide in the DMs. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Down in the what you'd like us to do. Do you like this full card look? Do you prefer us just sticking to an early pick five, late pick four type of deal? We just we want to hear from you guys. Also, make sure on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you listen to us on, leave comments, rate us, subscribe. We appreciate everybody's support so far that we run into on the track. It's it's been good to hear from everybody and a lot of the guys on the backside I know have tuned in and I greatly appreciate them doing that and being so willing to jump on. Big shout out to Grady Thompson. I gave him a little one in my interview with Jesse, but uh, without him getting my interviews lined up, be a little tougher. He's been my liaison getting guys talked to and hooked up with me. And I think they must be afraid to say no to Grady because I don't think anybody's turned us down yet. So that's awesome. But we do greatly appreciate him and all his support in this. Anything else from you guys? I mean, if you are a fan of, you know, the national racing scene and the, the big stakes races, there's, I believe, 14 graded stakes, 15 stakes total between Goldstream and Santa Anita. They got a couple special pick fives. So if you're into those type of races, uh, get in front of a TV Saturday and check those out all day long. No, definitely good call. Huge weekend of stakes. There are 15 of them, I believe, between the two tracks. And if you do want to play, they have a all-dirt stakes pick five and an all-turf stakes pick five. Definitely check them out. I know we'll probably be uh, doing that ourselves. Like I said, go ahead, jump on over to our Twitter, give us a follow, 
shoot us with any comments, questions, thoughts. We greatly appreciate everybody's support. Keith, you do a weekly, well, no, I shouldn't even say weekly, a daily for all three days of Fawner. Fantastic pick sheet, you call it. What was the name of that horse you had in second? You hit that huge exact on the other day. Our Petunia, I think. Yeah, it's five to one on the morning line, but he went off at 25 to one. So you know I that? used him on top in an exactly because I didn't like the favorite at the price. So I just put that horse on top at 25 to one and put three other horses underneath it. And I scored for about 600 bucks. So I sadly got busy halfway through the fantastic picks reading that day. And you all of a sudden were just jacked up. And I'm like, how did you have that? And you're like, dude, this is my second choice on the sheet. And yeah, two races after I quit reading because I got busy. Sure enough, there it is. And kicked myself for not getting that thing finished. Keith, what is your social if people are interested in that? We're obviously close enough. I get it personally emailed. So does Andrew. But the way he's acting right now via FaceTime, he might get kicked off the email. Well, uh, um, Keith told me he was going to go bet Arpetunia. I told him that if Arpetunia wins, I would uh, get up and walk home. I How- definitely did not get up and walk home. But... <laughs> It was one horse that I couldn't spot on on the form. So, yeah, good pick, Keith. I One of these days, maybe I'll walk home for you and you can record it or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the full camera gear. We'll, we'll just ride alongside you. We'll put a little flasher. We might have to give you a fake torch so people leave you alone and aren't honking at us or something, but we're definitely making you march home. <laughs> so, Keith, you're two for two on side bets with friends this year. Speaking of that, sorry, we're going to ramble a little bit here. We're just having fun. So you're there with Andrew making him walk home. I also do believe at one point he might have chickened out or you felt bad taking his whole life savings. But our good buddy, Dwayne, you you took the eight, he took the field, and I think it was a field of nine or ten, wasn't it? A full field or was it just a field of eight? Uh, I, think it was a, I think it was a full field. I think it was a full field. And Keith, Keith said, I'm taking the eight. Dwayne, you can have the whole field. Dwayne said, for my life savings. Keith, being the nice guy he is, did not accept, did it just for 20 and the eight romps. So, when I say the old fantastic picks guys knows Fawner, he knows Fawner. So slide on over to Keith's Twitter. Keith, what is your handle? My handle is at KDPHB36. Repeat that one more time for him. At KDPHD36. There you go, folks. So follow us, follow Keith. Mine and Andrew's personals are in the handle. I'll add Keith's too on the form whip and TH. I'll add his personal handle in there by the time this is released. I don't post much personally and you probably don't either i need to get better about doing it on the uh the pods page but i'm finally slowing down maybe we'll start doing stuff and and let us know too if you do comment if you want us to put out even just a tweet of what we're looking at on a friday or a saturday pick or even a national pick if you're i mean just let us know what you're looking at or maybe you're just going to comment and say our picks are terrible and quit giving them out but well, that's totally fine just toss our picks but we're going to keep babbling because this is what we do so Anything else, gentlemen? No, good luck this weekend. It's a tough Saturday card. Um, there'll be some prices out there, I'm pretty sure. So go get them. Let's do it, boys. Let's cash some tickets. We ballin', ballin' on you dummies. Scared money don't make no money. Scared money don't make no money. Scared money don't make no money. We ballin', ballin' on you dummies. I'm so lit. Sports Center gotta post my clips. One layup and they treat me like I'm Luka Doncic.